Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. I have the honor of bringing the word today. I don't plan to be before you long if you respond right. I don't plan to be before you long, but you got to holler back at me today. I need need some participation. I need to know that you're getting it. Because if if you don't say nothing, I feel like Bishop E. James Logan, if you don't say nothing, I don't know if you really got it. So then I got to keep drilling my point. I know some of y'all got Sunday fun day and y'all got brunch and y'all got y'all got other plans that are more important than being here. So I, you know, I just want to I want to make sure that. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Obadiah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just got to make sure you're paying attention. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. We'll read one verse of scripture and and then I'll try to do what it is that God has called me to do. Heavenly Father, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Genesis chapter 50, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Are we going to have it on the screens? Are y'all still working on the new stuff? Because the... Okay, it's there. The confidence monitor's not on, so I didn't know if stuff was out of order. And then we got military time on these clocks. Y'all want me to preach for a long time? I don't know what that means. 21, 24, what time is it? I don't know. That is is wrong. Amen. See, they try to set the preacher up. All right, y'all having too much fun. We'll read one verse of scripture. Mom, you're going ahead. Slow down. Y'all ready? Let's read this together. Ready? Read. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Joseph says, but as for you, he's talking to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for my good. Before you grab your seats, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he turned it. You can have your seats. He, he turned it. He turned it. He turned it. He turned it. Now, in the the beginning chapters, you can go all the way up to, I believe, Genesis chapter 36. It begins the story of Joseph, and it talks about how Joseph was a young, anointed young man. He was anointed, and the Bible says that he was highly favored or he was his daddy's favorite. Just, we just, we just going to be honest. He was his daddy's favorite because he was the child of his father's old age. He was, he was the child of his father's old age. So, so much so that, that Joseph, I mean, that, that Jacob, or you know, later his name was changed, but Jacob, uh, he had other sons, but, but Joseph was just, that was his road dog. Joseph was his boy. Joseph was always up under him. Joseph was always, you know, the lively young kid. He was really like, he was really like Jacob's grandchild, but, but he, was, he was his favorite. He was his favorite. Somebody say he was his daddy's favorite. He was his favorite. And so, and so Jacob made this, this, this letterman's jacket that was just fire. I mean, he had the off-white, you know, shout out to Virgil. He had the off-white Letterman jacket. And the rest of his, <laughs> the rest of his brothers, they had, they had, <laughs> they had the champion uh, Letterman jacket that, that, they, that his daddy got from, from Kmart. And, uh, you know, on <laughs> yeah, his daddy got it from Kmart. But, 
But Joseph is walking around here with a thousand dollar coat in front of his brothers. And then he was gifted and, and he could interpret dreams. He would have dreams and he would have visions. And then he would just run around telling folks his dreams and his visions. And how many know you can't tell your dreams to everybody? You, that's not my message, but that's good. You can't tell your dreams to everybody. Because the very people that you call family and friends will be the very ones that sell you into captivity. So you got to be careful who you tell your dreams to. If you're taking notes, you should write that one down. That's a good one. If you tweet it or post it on Facebook, just tag me. Some of y'all be posting stuff and acting like you came up with it. Just tag me. All right? You can't tell your dreams to everybody. So he tells his brothers, like, listen, man, listen, I had this dream, and y'all was serving me. What? They're like, dude, we got to do something with this guy. I'm paraphrasing. This is the Cameron James Logan version. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. And so, and so then they, they ended up selling him into captivity. Make a long story short, uh, Joseph is sold into captivity. He's, I mean, he's just had to, he switched hands so many different times. And then he comes before uh, the rulers of that day. And make a long story short, he finds himself in a position of power and leadership. He finds himself in a position of power and leadership. But that's not, that's not necessarily when it gets good. He finds himself in a, in a position of power and leadership. Then he's, he's ruling everything. He's ruling all the affairs, all the agriculture, all the grain and everything that came in. Joseph was the one that decided what to do with it. And because God gave him the ability to interpret dreams and visions, he was able to see into the future so he could forecast, as we know in, 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 in corporate terms, he was able to forecast and say, listen, there's going to be a great famine coming, so we need to store up some of the stuff that, that we have coming in. We can't eat everything that we get in. That's another word for somebody. You can't spend all the money that you got coming in because you need to save up for a time where there's gonna be a famine. And so, and so he did so, and so man, I, I mean, he was just being favored and favored and favored and blessed and honored. And then, make a long story short, his brothers come back to him as his dad is getting ready to die. And his father dies, and there's some amazing uh, uh, rituals and procedures and processes that they have to go through in order for his father to be buried. He got some specific requests. He's like, listen, don't bury me with them. Bury me with my cousins and my kinfolk now, okay? I'm, listen, do what I'm telling you. And they're like, all right. You know, so it was a long, drawn-out process, and so they do that. And so then his brothers come back to him. His brothers come back to him in Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. And, and, and now they're in front of their brother because their brother has the ability to help them because he's in this position of power. So if we go to verse 15, and it says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph, he's, he's going to hate us. He's going to hate us. And he may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph. They was too afraid to even come to their own brother themselves because they were afraid of what they did to him. There's people in your life that's afraid to talk to you now. People, it, that's, they might be in the room right now. They owe you money and they scared to talk to you because they owe you money. Why are you acting funny towards me? I gave you the money, so I don't have a problem with you. I do now, because it's been 10 years and you still owe me money. Some of y'all be adding on interest and stuff too. It was 100, now it's 110.75. Elder Larry is clapping real hard. Pay that man back. So they sent messages to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Joseph wept. Verse 18 says, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. So they sent messengers first. Listen, you go to Joseph and make sure like his attitude and his spirit and stuff is cool. And then like we'll come once we see he's crying or something like we'll come then. Like, oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. So, so his brothers went and then they fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your servants. 
And Joseph said to them, watch this, this is powerful. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? Some of y'all want to hold grudges and harbor unforgiveness in your heart for what people have done to you. But you need to do like Joseph did. Am I in the place of God? Listen, brother, I, I know you owe me money. I know you owe me $110.75, and it's been 10 years. But listen, I'm not in the place of God. I forgive you. Because when you hold on to offense, when you harbor and hold on to unforgiveness, it affects your heart. It affects the way you love. It affects the way the next person that might come that might pay you back, that probably will pay you back. It affects how you treat them because of the offense of other people. Don't let the offenses of other people affect your heart. Write that one down. Don't let the offenses of other people affect your heart. All men are dogs. Because the one you chose messed you over, now all men are dogs. You, all, you know all women the same, bro. All women the same. It's because you got catfished. So now all women are the same. We have to stop generalizing our pain. You got to stop generalizing your pain. One person hurt you, now everybody hurts you. All oh, people, I can't stand people. But you be in the club, they be shooting, stabbing, all kind of crazy stuff. But you don't want to come to the house of God. Because sister so-and-so looked at you funny. She had a mask on. Her breath was hot, blowing back in her eyeballs. And she looked at you because you walked by. Don't generalize the offenses of other people. And Joseph said, I'm not, I'm not in the place of God. You meant evil against me. But guess what? But God turned it for my good. God turned it for my good. Let me, let me take you to another passage of scripture. Let's go to, let's go to Daniel. Let's go to Daniel. I'll start in Daniel chapter one. Y'all mind if we read a little Bible? Is that okay? That's right. We're going to read the Bible because I'm not making this up. Now, I got to give you some background so you can get the full context of the story because some of y'all only read your Bible on Sunday. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling the truth. Some of y'all only crack this thing open on Sunday. Maybe, maybe Tuesday. But when, I mean, Monday you'd be tired. Monday, you hate Mondays because you got to go to work the next day. So, all right. So, so in the beginning in Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, it's setting you up to understand the people that God is talking about, the people that God is highlighting in the story and what they are doing and a vow that they made and a covenant that they made to God. So they're setting it up. In the beginning, if you have a, a certain Bible that has a, a, a header on it, a subtitle, it will tell you what the chapter is, is going to briefly des describe. And so this particular chapter, Daniel chapter one, it says Daniel and his friends obey God. Daniel and his friends obey God. Now, I'm going to do some things here because I want you to start calling people by their real name because, you know, I, we can't call them by the name that the enemy gave. We got to call them by their real names because their real names have meaning. Amen. Amen. OK. The Bible says in the third year of the reign of uh, Jehoiakim, uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave the king of Judah into his hands and some of the articles of the house of the God, which he carried into the land, so on and so forth. Then the king instructed this guy. And then it says, it says, uh, the king instructed uh, the master of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish. All right. This all matters. But good looking gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language 
and the literature of the Chaldeans. Verse five, and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of wine, which he drank and three years of training for them. So at, at the end of it, they might serve before the king. So they're 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 uh, some young men. They're, they're handsome. The Bible says they're handsome. They're gifted. They're 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 anointed. They have wisdom. They possess knowledge and they have understanding. Okay, and the Bible says something that we just skip by when we read this story. The Bible says they have the ability to serve. In order for God to do the next thing that he's going to do in your life, you have to have the ability to serve. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we were clear on that. All right. Now, the Bible says now among them was the sons of Judah. Somebody say the sons of Judah. And their names are, write these down, highlight them in your Bible. Their names are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Come on, say that with me. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. One more time. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Okay? I know y'all like to say them, them Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their name is Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. That's their name. Mama call him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. All right. Just going to make sure you paid attention. It says, it says, it says, to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel this hideous name, Belteshazzar. That's horrible. He gave to Hananiah, Shadrach. What? And to Mishael, Meshach. At least the M's are close. And then to Azariah, Abed Negro. I mean, Abed Nego. Abed Nego. Okay? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what this says. Verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the stuff that the king brought. I'm telling you, it's got to be fancy stuff. It's good stuff. It's the same stuff that the king's using. So you know it had to be top-notch. They had, you know, some of y'all be drinking that stuff, that top, top. Okay. Okay. Just making sure y'all paying attention. Therefore, Daniel requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. God brought Daniel into good favor. You don't get favor from God if you're not, if you don't have the right heart. The Bible says that Daniel purposed, he positioned and postured his heart to ensure that he does not do anything that defiles his covenant with God. No matter what people, no matter what the law makers may try to get you to do, no matter what governors and presidents and other people try to get you to do, he purposed in his heart, I'm not going to to defile myself because I made a vow to God. Okay? And so so God put him in great favor with the chief of the eunuchs. All right? He put him in great favor. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear that my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink, I fear All right. Why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Now, listen, it's a group of y'all and I can't give you something different and then give them the king's delicacies because then the king is going to start looking at your face. and He's going to tell. No, he ain't eating the the good stuff I brought for him. And he's he's like, bro, like, bro, you you going to cost me my job. (laughs) You you going to mess up my gig. Like I got a family at home and I got about seven kids. So I got to, you know, I got to do what I'm supposed to do because you're trying to, you trying to get me killed. Daniel had favor. Somebody say favor. favor. So Daniel said to the steward, the chief of the eunuchs, uh, he said, he said, please, he said, please, listen, me and my boys, me and my friends, I want you to test your servants for 10 days. Somebody say 10 days, 10 days, and give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. This is where we get the Daniel fast. This is where they, you know, this, this is where that comes from. Give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you 
and the appearance of the other young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies as you see fit. Okay? So he consented with them in this matter, and the Bible says, and he tested them for 10 days. Somebody say 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in their flesh than all the other young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. See, when you position yourself in God, no matter how much you eat or how much you don't eat, God will ensure that you cannot be mistaken for not having God's favor on your life. When you position in your heart that you're not going to defile yourself, God will position you and make it look like you eating just as much as the next man. The Bible says this, then the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, the Bible says this, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Something about these men that have visions and dreams that God just really be looking out for them. Then it says, now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in to the chief of the eunuchs, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And then the king interviewed them. He had an interview process. He interviewed them and, and all, of, all of none, and among them, all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. So now you have four young men who didn't eat what everybody else ate, who didn't do what everybody else did who said, I know it's from the king, but I'm not eating that. Give me vegetables and water and watch God work. And the Bible says God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And then he gave Daniel the interpretation of visions and dreams. This is going to come in handy because God will always provide in circumstances and situations where he knows you're going to need it. Daniel didn't know what was about to happen next. Daniel didn't know he was just favored by God. Okay, then it says, in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, somebody say 10 times. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers. I know some of y'all love y'all astrology. Stop it. Get mad at me later. Leave the church for two weeks. Come back. We'll still hug you and love you. But all that astrology, you know, I'm a moon sign Gemini and I'm all, listen, cut that foolishness out because God will give you wisdom 10 times greater. You trying to see if your attitude line up with the stars. That don't make sense because I know the one who created the stars. You trying to see, oh man, you know, you know, you did, you blurted that out because Mercury was in retrograde or whatever, Gatorade, whatever it is. I serve the creator of the universe. Why would I need to read what the stars are doing? That don't got nothing to do with me. All right. Y'all mad? Okay. Because if you are, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I don't care. Uh, so the Bible says he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Then the Bible says, then Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel had so much favor that he continued into the reign of a next king. All right. Okay. That's good. That's cool. Now you can go and read uh, Daniel chapter two by yourself because you just probably should go read it by yourself. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I trust y'all. I trust y'all going to do it. Somebody make a reminder. If you got an iPhone, you can do this real easy. Make a reminder in your iPhone to read Daniel chapter number two. If you got an Android, I don't know how y'all do that. That's between you and God. Um. (laughs) To make a long story short, Daniel, because God has gifted him with the ability to interpret dreams and visions, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is then stricken with the spirit of, of, of just, he just, he can't sleep. Uh, he, got a, he got an evil spirit on him. He can't sleep. And he's having dreams and he's having visions and, and stuff is just crazy. And he don't understand what this means. So then Daniel comes. They search for all the magicians and they search for the sorcerers and they search for the magicians. And none of them were accurate. None of them were accurate. He said, well, can some, y'all, can you find me somebody? Long story short, Daniel steps on the scene with a gangster lean and he says this. Listen. 
He says, listen, I can tell you what your dream is. Tell me what, what's been going on. So he tells Daniel the dream. Daniel says, listen, this is what, this is what God is saying, man. Like, you're going to be a great king. And you, man, you're going to have power. You're going to, man, it, it's going to be on and popping for your realm, dog. I'm trying to tell you. God, man, he's, listen, he's favoring you in this season. The Bible says this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face prostrate before Daniel and commanded that they should present him an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, truly, this is important. Nebuchadnezzar said, truly, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. Then Daniel got promoted again. And, and the king gave him many gifts, and he made him ruler over all the providence of Babylon and the chief administrator over all the men's ministry of Babylon, okay? And so Daniel petitioned the king. See, see, watch this. Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael over the affairs of the province of Babylon, and Daniel sat in the gate of the king. See, when God favors you, you can't just look out for yourself. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. When God favors you, you can't just be looking out for you. Man, I've been waiting for this my whole life. You can't let your unholy ambition get you to a holy place and then forget about the people that helped you get there. One thing, one thing, one thing that I feel that we don't do as well in the body of Christ is build one another up, help one another out. Listen, if you if you have a position of power, maybe in corporate America or you have your own business, why don't you look to hire people in your local community, in your local church so that you can strengthen not just the individual, but the body. Somebody say we're the body. With the body. So Daniel didn't just look out for himself, he looked out for his boys. Because Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says that Daniel and his friends obey God. Daniel and his friends. So then Nebuchadnezzar, after he said all that wonderful stuff, he, after he said all that great and mighty stuff, listen, truly your God is the God of God, he's the king of kings, and he is truly the, the, the revealer of secrets. Man, your God is awesome. But then he does something crazy. See, God will, God will use your voice to, to prophesy to somebody else, and then they'll get big-headed and forget who the God was that helped them get to where they are. So Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar got big-headed, and he said he was going to make a, a golden image whose weight was 60 cubits and his width was 6 cubits, and he set it up in this particular uh, providence in Babylon. And he said word, and he made a law, and he made a rule that at the sound of this particular horn, every knee shall bow. At, the, my, at my image. Every, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Then a herald cry aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So then, just like a bunch of programmed sheep, people that's scared, the Bible says that at that time when people heard the sound of the horn and the flute and all that good stuff, and all the people in the nations and languages fell down and they worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Then the Bible says, therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They're talking about Daniel and his boys. They accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. This is probably how he sounded. This is in my mind. This is how he sounded in my mind. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. <laughs> Says there are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach. 
Meshach and a bad Negro. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar got ticked off. Verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn and all this other stuff that they keep typing in here, in the symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you don't, but if you don't, you shall be immediately cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Then he says something crazy because he just contradicted what he said about 26 verses ago. 26 verses ago, he said, truly your God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Truly, your God is the one who reveals secrets and provides vision and understanding to my dreams. Truly, your God. Then he goes back and he back talks the God who's been blessing his kingdom. And he said, who is the God who would deliver you from my hands? Who? Some people have, my wife likes this term, the unmitigated gall. <laughs> Some people just, just, just crazy enough to talk against my God. So then the Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to even answer you in this matter. If that is the case, See, you got you to get, you gotta get a, a spiritual boldness about yourself. You got to get a, a Holy Ghost swagger about yourself and say, you know what? If that's the case, I don't even need to answer you because you're talking crazy. I don't even need to talk to you because you don't even know who I serve. You, 26 verses ago, you was acting like you knew what it was and now you just switched up on my God. God don't like people switching up on him. He says, he says if that's the case, our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But watch this. Somebody say, watch this. Watch this. There's a, there's a but statement in here. There's a but statement in here. And many of us believers, we got to get this in our heart as well. Because I know we like to pray. And I know we like to believe. And I know we like to confess. And I know we like to proclaim, prophesy, decree, and shout. And, and sometimes scream that my God is going to bring me out of every situation. My God is not even going to let cancer hit my body. My God is not even going to let me get sick. Oh, and, 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 and I promise you, I'll never live a broke day in my life. Oh, but the Bible says this. But if not... But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we still don't serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I know I've been preaching. I know I've been called. I know that my God will deliver me. My God will save me. But guess what? Even if he don't, I'm still not serving your God. Because the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 that Daniel... Ananiah, Azariah, Mishael set up in their hearts that they weren't going to defile themselves. So why would I allow myself to get to this point when it seems a little dangerous that now I'm going to switch up on my God who's brought me this far? God won't fail. God, God, God won't fail. So let me continue. Y'all sit down. Y'all making me nervous. Then Daniel chapter 3 verse 19. The Bible says, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, biblical scholars have gone and done research and they said Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most unruly and most rageful kings in, in scripture. He was just mean. He was just, he was just, just ruthless. And, and if you did not do what he wanted you to do, he would ensure that he would kill you. 
The Bible, or, or, or biblical theologians have said that, that there was one time there was a man who decided he wasn't going to do what, what the law of the land was, so they beheaded him, and then they made a statue of his head and posted it up in Babylon to make an example out of him. Uh, you get crazy if you want. You better look at your boy. Look at him. So you got to understand what kind of king Nebuchadnezzar was. He didn't play. He was evil. So Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he spoke and he commanded that they heat the furnace up seven times more than it usually was heated. Now, if it's a furnace, it's got to already be kind of hot. I mean, just a, little, just a little bit. You know, it's just, you know, it just got to gotta be hot. Now, they have a, there's a biblical illustration in my Bible. I wish I could show you. There's a biblical illustration in my Bible. Now, they didn't have, like, you're thinking about your furnace at your house. No, this, we're not talking about that. Because your furnace be going out sometimes. <laughs> no, we're talking about a different furnace. So the furnace, was, it was kind of like, like a pit. It was kind of like a pit. It was a dugout pit. And, and, and because it was a pit and they didn't have it like encapsulated, uh, people could stand around the fiery furnace and they could look on the inside and, you know, they throw stuff in, whatever needed to be burned, and they, they, throw, they throw people in. Now, now the, the, read your Bibles. I don't want you to believe that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael are the only people that have ever been thrown into a fiery furnace. Many Christians were killed being thrown into fiery furnaces. Just want you to understand that. And so in this particular, in this particular text, Nebuchadnezzar tells, tells his boys, the Bible says that they were mighty men of valor. Verse 20, it says, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. So, so the Bible says then that these men were bound in their coats they bound their trousers, their turbans, and other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, it's, 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 it's turned up seven times. And these mighty men, th th that's why you got to understand the Bible is powerful, because it could have just said these men that worked for the king bound up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it says these mighty men of valor. So as these mighty men of valor bind up the Hebrew boys, and throw them in, something interesting happens. I'm, and I'm like still blown away. They're, they're throwing the Hebrew boys in. I mean, make it make sense. If I throw something in, the likelihood of me getting burned is like slim to none if I'm throwing it. But the Bible says that therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God will cause the people that are trying to bind you up to be killed. God will cause the people that are accusing you to be killed. God will cause... Okay, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He says, and these... Three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Somebody say, watch this. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He's astonished now. And he, and he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors. Now, you got to go back and read it because in this particular time, as they're, as they're uh, creating uh, uh, this golden image, Nebuchadnezzar called all the high-ranking people. He called all the officials. He called all the judges. He called all the government officials. He called all of uh, the richest and wealthiest people in the land. He said, y'all got to come. Y'all got to come worship my new statue. I'm telling you, it's tight. It's off the hook. It's crazy. It's dope. It's lit. I'm telling you, pull up on me. I'm t I'm, when you see it, you're going to know it's your boy. So that's what King Nebuchadnezzar says. And so all of these great and mighty people are in the presence when, when Nebuchadnezzar is first angry with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So then, as he orders for them to be thrown into the fiery furnace, these 
rulers and these government officials and these high-ranking people, they're standing by and they're watching. And they're watching everything go down. And I'm pretty sure some of them had to be whispering like, um, did you see them three men that bound up the men? Like, how they get burned up? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar is tripping. As Bishop called him, Nebi is tripping. So there's, they're, they're watching. And, and there's an illustration in my Bible that, that I mean, it kind of shows them. Y'all can't see this uh, video. Somebody just zoom in to that, that right there. Ain't nobody on the camera, so can't nobody zoom in. But yeah, zoom in. That's as far as they can go. But yeah, so like the three Hebrew boys are in the middle, and they're, they're, they're standing around at the top. And they're, they're standing around at the top, and they're, they're, they're looking down below, and they're watching what's going on. And Nebuchadnezzar's astonished. He said, um, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we throw three men in the fiery furnace? And they're looking around like, uh, it's true, O king. It is, tr it is true, O king. I, supreme leader, it is true. Verse 25, he says, look. He answered, I see four men loose. He, he says, look, we threw three in, but I see four men loose. We threw them in bound, but, but I see four of them, and they walking around like ain't nothing going on. Can somebody tell me what in the world is going on? And they're walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not even hurt? And the four, oh my goodness. See, your enemies, they also recognize who the king of kings is because the Bible says this, and the form of the fourth one is like the son of God. See, when people try to do harm to you and people try to throw you in fiery furnaces and people try to backbite and people try to stab you in the back and people try to talk crazy about you, they don't know that, that God has been protecting you. God has a hedge of protection around you. And the, people that, and the people that are trying to hurt you, they think they're hurting you. But really, Jesus is standing and he's taking the brunt of your pain. And they're really stabbing Jesus in the back. And he's looking back at him like, that's all you got? These are my children. These are my, these are my children. These are my people. I'm going to ensure that they're protected. What you, you meant evil towards me. But, but God turned it around for my good. But God turned it around for my good. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But I came to encourage about five people that it may look fiery in your life. It may, you may seem like you, you're getting burned and you may seem like you're getting cinched. And you may seem like that all your friends are gone. And you may seem like you've been working hard for God and God has been favoring you. And God has been putting you in positions of power. But you still seem to find these demonic attacks that keep happening to you. I came to encourage you. What the enemy meant for evil. God is turning it around for your good. I need about five people that know that God is about to flip the switch on the enemy to stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise and say, he turned it. He turned it. He turned it. What the enemy meant for evil. God turned it around. What the, what the enemy meant for evil. God, God turned it around. See, God will take, God will take your mourning and he'll turn it into dancing. He'll take your sorrows and he'll turn it into joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but the song says joy is coming in the morning. I don't know, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm excited because I know that my suffering was not in vain. My suffering was not in vain. For the Bible says in Romans 8:18, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed. That lets me know that whatever I'm going through right now is an indication that better is on the way. That lets me know that if you're trying to hurt me right now, that better is coming in the morning. That lets me know that if I'm suffering now, it won't always be 
like this because God is about to turn it around for my good. See, people, people don't understand that in the kingdom, it's reversed. In the kingdom, it's not like the world. See, in the world, in the world, you, in the world, you, don't, you don't rejoice in suffering. In the world, you don't rejoice in chaos. In, in, the, in the world, you, you're supposed to be anxious, and you're supposed to be thirsty, and you're supposed to be ambitious, and you're supposed to, you're supposed to be ticked off when all hell is breaking through in your life. You're supposed to be confused when all hell is is breaking out in your life. You're supposed to be upset and angry with God. You're not supposed to rejoice. You're not supposed to have joy in chaos. You're not supposed to have peace that makes no sense. That's why people looking at you crazy. That's why people think Christians are crazy because the song says, I've got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I know. I know I lost my job, but I'm rejoicing because I know it's not always going to be like this because God is about to turn it around for my good. He says, verse 26, Daniel chapter 3, verse 26 says that then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, please come out. Come out here, please, please, because y'all ain't bound. And I saw another man in there and he looked like the son of God. I need to see what's going on. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came from the midst of the fire. They just walked out like nothing, nothing happened. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, their garments and everything was, was still intact. And the Bible says, the Bible says, verse 27, and the satraps, the administrators, and the governors, and the king's counselors, they gathered together. Now, they're watching all this go through. And, and they gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The fire had no power. The hairs on their heads weren't singed, nor were their garments affected. And watch this. And the smell of fire was not even on them. You're about to go through and you're not about to look like what you've been through. <laughs> when God brings you out of this next thing, it's, it's not even going to look like you went through. That's why people don't understand. That's why you're frustrated with certain people because they don't understand how strong you are after all the hell that you went through. They don't understand how strong you are and, and because you don't look like the stuff that you went through. You think, you think I didn't go through nothing because I don't look like what I've been through. But baby, God is about to turn your test into a testimony. He's about to turn your trials into triumph. He's about to turn your weeping into dancing. God is about to turn. He's turning it around for your good. I want you to know and believe. That you're not going to look like what you've been through because God, he's there with you. He's there with you. He's always with you. He always provides. He always provides. They, they didn't even smell like, you're not even going to smell like what you've gone through. You're not even going to have the cinch of the pain. It's not even going to be on your body. You're not even going to look like the hurt that you went through. You're not even going, you're not even going to look like the, the pain that you experienced over the last three years. I know the devil has tried to take so much from you. I know the enemy has tried so many different attacks. I know the enemy has tried to poke and prod at you. But I want you to understand that God is with you every step of the way. But watch this. You have to make sure that you make up in your mind that you're going to be like Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. That you're going to stay steadfast. You're going to stand firm on the vows and the covenants that you have made to the Lord your God. God says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are the called according to his you got to understand that God is going to come through for you when you are diligent to his word and you keep his commandments. Obedience, oh my God, obedience makes room for miracles. O obedience opens the door for miracles. Obedience allows God to step in and intervene when it seems like all hope is lost. Obedience will cause God to shine his face upon you even though you're going through a season of suffering. I want you to know once again 
Don't get it twisted, brothers and sisters, that suffering is a part of the life of a believer. Suffering is a part of the life of a believer. If we proclaim that we want to be more like Christ, we got to know that we're going to experience more suffering. But you have to position in your heart, like the Bible says that Daniel did, that you are not going to defile yourself with the ways of culture. Oh, I'm going there. You're not going to defile yourself with the views of the world. They got a show called The View, and they can't even agree on their views. Let us not look like the world. Let us be sure that we're standing firm on the principles of God. We're standing firm on the word of God so that God can intervene when it seems like all hope is lost. He turned it. He turned it. He, he turned it. He, he turned it. He turned it around for Joseph when his own family sold him into slavery. He, he turned it around for Daniel and the three Hebrew boys when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. He, he turned it around for Job when Job experienced over 30 chapters of pain. The Bible says in Job chapter 42 verse 10, and I'm closing, stand to your feet. He says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he did what when he prayed for his friends <laughs> some of you got to learn how to pray for the people that have been talking crazy to you some of you got to learn how to pray for the people that sold you into captivity some of you got to pray for the people you got to pray for your parents that 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 didn't raise you up in the in the household that you wanted to be raised in you gotta you gotta pray for the people that back you gotta pray for the people that that lied on you you gotta pray for the people that stole from you You gotta pray for the people that didn't pay you back that hundred and ten dollars and seventy five cents you gotta pray for the people and the bible says and god will turn it around You got to know that God will turn it around. You got to know that God will turn it around. Weeping may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a season. I hear you. Pastor Cam, I've been crying for longer than one night. Weeping may endure for a season. But joy is coming in the morning. Sometimes the glory that's going to be revealed after God has to use you, not because you did anything wrong, but God wants to use you so he can show off. It, you had to be thrown into the fiery furnace so that the people that rise up against you can understand who your God really is. <laughs> you, you, it had to happen to you so that God could get the glory from your life. It had to be you. You had to experience the pain. So that God can say, listen, they didn't curse me. They still serve me. I, I can do like I did Job. I can, I can remove the hedge of protection. See, sometimes God is, is choosing you for the enemy to attack because he trusts you. <laughs> I, knew I, I knew I was going to go three and a half claps on that one. God had to choose you so he can show the enemy that it ain't the stuff that's keeping you. It's his love that's keeping you. It, it ain't the favor that's keeping you. It's his mercy and grace that's new every morning. God is going to turn it around. What the enemy meant for evil, God's turning it around for your good. You meant to harm me. You meant to hurt me. We're supposed to be boys. We're supposed to be, you're supposed to be my girl. You're supposed to be my family. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be my cousins. We grew up together. Don't you remember? We had bologna sandwiches together. We had syrup sandwiches. We got it out the mud together. Don't you? It was supposed to be me and you together. It had to be them. So you could pray for them. So God could turn it around. It had to be you. It had to be them. 
so God can get the glory. Lift your hands all over this place. Lift your hands all over this place. God, I'm so glad that you didn't leave me in my season of suffering. God, I'm so glad that you remained faithful to me even when I wasn't faithful to you. God, I'm so glad that you remained faithful to me even when I wasn't faithful to you. God, I'm so glad that every time I experienced bad dream after bad dream, every time I felt that demonic attack in my dream and I began to shout the only name that I could get out at that moment, I began to shout the name Jesus. And you came in and you rescued me every time. I'm so glad, God, you didn't leave me in my tormented state. I'm so glad you didn't leave me in the fiery furnace. I'm so glad you didn't leave me in captivity to people who were trying to kill me. I'm so glad you healed my body from sickness and disease. And God, if I'm afflicted right now, God, even if you don't heal me, like, like the Hebrew boy said, even if he doesn't, I'm still not serving your God. He's turning it around for you. He's turning it around for you. It won't always, it won't always be like this. God is turning it around. He's turning it around for you, for you, for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's turning it around for you. He's turning it around for you. There's a shift happening in the atmosphere right now. Yeah, some of you are starting to get it. You, some of you are starting to wake up to the fact that, that, that God had to use you as an example of his faithfulness. <laughs> Not of your faithfulness, of his faithfulness. God, I don't even know why you healed me. God, I don't even know why you did this because I cursed you last week. But God says it's not about you because I am faithful to do what it is that I promise. I am not a man that I should lie. Neither am I the son of man that I should go back on my word. If I said it, I'm going to do it. If I said it, I'm going to do it. If I speak it, does not my word return to me and accomplish what I called it to do? It's turning it around for you. Yes, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands right now. This is the atmosphere to receive, to receive from the Lord, to receive from the Lord. Yes, God. Yeah, God. Na, 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 she under basi. He kandala baasi ende dehe, she under bahaya. Father, you're turning it around in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, just take about 30 seconds and just, just begin to thank God for what he turned around in your life. Just begin to thank God for the things that, that he turned around in your life. Just begin to thank God for the situations that should have left you dead, that he turned around for you. Just begin to thank God for that time you smoked that one thing and you knew they laced it with something, but God, he kept your mind. Just begin to thank God for that time you went to that party and you drank from that cup and something should have happened to you. But God turned it around for you. He turned it. Oh. He keeps on keeping me. Yeah, God, yeah, God. Keeps on keeping me, oh God, oh God. Keeps on keeping me. Woo! Said he keeps on keeping me. He's got a hedge of protection around me. Hedge of protection around me. And he keeps on keeping me. He keeps on keeping me. Said he keeps on keeping me. Come on. 
home. Come on, just begin to remember all the times that he kept you. Begin to remember all the times that he saved you. Just begin to remember that you should not be here had it not been for the grace of God. Keeps on keeping me, turning it around for you. Oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, keeps on keeping me in every season, in every trial, in every furnace, in every attack, in every ploy, in every test. He keeps on keeping me. In every trial, in every trial, in every trial, He keeps on keeping me. Oh, Woo. He keeps on keeping me. You're faithful to me when I wasn't faithful to you. God, you still made a way when I when I didn't pray every day. God, you still made a way when I was upset with you. God, you still made a way when I didn't do the things that I knew I should have done. You still made a way. You still kept your promise to me when I didn't keep my promise to you. God, I said I wouldn't do it again. But God, I did it 17 more times. But you keep on keeping me. Keep on. The spirit of the Lord is where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty she keep on keeping me thank you father Father, <laughs> you did it again. God, I don't know how you keep on doing it, but but you but you did it again. You did it again. You, you did it again. You did it again. You did it again. You did it again, you did it again, you did it again. The Spirit of the Lord is present in this place. Come on, get what you need. You got to get what you need. I, I can't get it for you. You got to get what you need from the Father. You got to get what you need. Yeah, he's here, he's here. He's here. Some of you are getting free right now. Some of you are getting free in your mind right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you cannot stay there any longer. You cannot live in her mind any longer. In the name of Jesus, I command you to flee and go and never come back and never return. In the name of Jesus, you can't have his heart. You can't have his mind. You can't have his soul. You can't have his money. You can't have his finances. You can't have his eyes. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. Oh, oh, I speak freedom. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just hear this. I just heard this that that the enemy, King Nebuchadnezzar, threw them into the fire. But the fire in their hearts, the fire, the zeal that they had toward God burned brighter and stronger. I don't think it's a mistake that the Bible specifies 
that Nebuchadnezzar had them turn the fiery furnace up seven times. I don't think it's a mistake that, that the fiery furnace was turned up seven times. And a lot of times what the enemy thinks he's doing to you, he's actually doing it for your good. Because we know seven is the number of perfection, completion. So you tried to burn me up, but you threw me into completion. <laughs> you, 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 you thought I was going to die, but you didn't know I was in there with perfection. You, you thought I was going to die, but perfection was with me. Completion was with me. Jesus was with me. You got to go. If you're in this room and you're not saved, I want to pray for you. If you're in this room and you're not saved, I want to pray for you. Come to the altar quickly, quickly, quickly. If you're in this room and you're not saved, I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for that word. Let's praise God for what he's doing. And I just want to give you 10 seconds to open up your mouth and give God a shout of triumph. Give God a praise of victory. Give God a shout. That he turned it. He turned it. He turned it. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.